Dig. And I'm Hannah Hampton, and you're listening to HR After Hours. Well, hello and welcome to HR After Hours podcast, the only HR podcast repeatedly mistaken for a parody. No, folks, <laughs> we're serious. This is really what we do. Hannah Hampton, oh. my sister from another mister. How yes. the hell are you today? I am great. That's a parody. You know, I could kind of see that because sometimes we're not so serious, but I always tell people I take my job seriously, but I don't take myself so seriously. And I think that's what you need to have in HR. So yeah, I'm good. How are you? I am fantabulous. And I 100% agree that the key to happiness is not taking yourself too fucking seriously. Boom. Oh, I meet people like that all the time. And I'm just like, what a, what a miserable, what a miserable way to live your life. I don't know. Some jobs or lives need to be very serious. That's a whole other topic, but here we are. <laughs> and there you have it. So thank you for joining another eight hour of HR after hours podcast. Yes. Actually, I'm super excited. It's October. My favorite month of the year. I believe yes. as well. We are huge fans of fall and all things Halloween. Any big Halloween plans? Have you sought out any films, haunted houses, anything like that? Well, I've heard that the new Saw, Saw 10 movie is supposed to be fantastic. It's getting really great reviews. I don't know if I should admit this, but I think I've only seen the first one or two of the Saw movies. I 100% saw the first one because I thought it was great. Uh, I definitely have not seen 10 or 9, nine Saw movies, but... The Saw movie is supposed to be great. I did get my Shutter account uh, loaded up with things in my favorite list to start watching. So that's kind of where I am. How about you? Well, I have not watched any of the Saw movies from start to finish. The first one was ruined for me because I saw a special about it and saw how it ends. So it's kind of like, oh, uh, that's Yeah, so that's the whole movie. I don't know yet. I mean, I do mix... 31 Days of Halloween, which is something Halloween-themed every day in the month of October. Honestly, I do not know how I'm still married because my wife does not enjoy Halloween and hates horror films. And when I say I'm surprised I'm still married, I don't mean by my choice because she doesn't enjoy Halloween. I mean by her choice because there is something on the television every day, whether it's a movie, the Halloween episode of a television mm -hmm. series or whatever. But there's always one, at least one thing a day, Halloween driven. Mrs. Danzig, not a fan at all. Not a fan. There's lots of people out there who the horror is not their genre. And that is OK, I guess. No, just kidding. It is totally OK. But. I actually, I've watched spooky stuff year round. I love all of that. One of the things I've kind of queued up for my October is to go through again the Simpsons Halloween specials. I love those. They're so fun. They parody the Twilight Zone quite a bit, which is yes. my favorite TV show. I really enjoy those. But of course, like the, the recent ones are, are parodying more recent things, but the original ones had so many uh, Twilight Zone kind of Easter eggs. I, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start backwards and start with like the most recent Halloween episodes and work my way backwards. So I get to those classic ones that I've seen a million times and absolutely love. So one of my things that I've have on tap, but my October is like crazy busy. So I can't promise that it's going to happen or happen to completion, but that's a, that's a goal or that's a, that's a plan. <laughs> my thoughts are if it's not going to be to completion, it shouldn't happen. But, so there's plenty of great stuff out there. And of course, 
we will cover a lot of it in detail in our annual Halloween spooktacular. I, I don't know if we've talked about this, and maybe this is something we can talk about in the um, Halloween spooktacular, but something that just really resonated with me, and this was probably, I read an article 10 to 15 years ago, and it talked about how zombie movie zombie shows do their best or are very popular when the, the economy is poor. And when the economy is booming, people tend to take in vampire shows and vampire movies. So what people tend to prefer when it comes to vampires versus zombies has a lot to do with where we where the economy is. And I thought that was really fascinating. So maybe it's something we can talk about in a future episode. Color me curious. I would definitely love to see that article. And I definitely think we can expand upon that. One of the things that I can always tell who my fellow horror fans are, lovers of Halloween, is their social media, Mm -hmm. you know, activity and what they post. So I just gave us a really weak and labored transition into our topic for the day. Yay! First off, this article's about a month old. Please don't judge by the source. This is an article. It was published August 31st in the New York Post. And it's bosses are tracking and judging your social media post for mental health red flags. Mm -hmm. Well, first (laughs) off, that's very New York Post-ish to kind of, that's a very bold headline. Yeah. And then it makes me think, well, before I even get into the article, I just said I post all this crazy Halloween Mm -hmm. and horror stuff. Um, maybe I should change my visibility settings and who sees it because I could definitely see an employer being a little nervous about someone that's so into you know, zombies. Social media and, lockdown. Like, Mine's locked down. Only people I connect with can see what I have on 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 Facebook and Instagram. I lock that shit down. <laughs> I like it. Well, let's get jump into this article then, because yeah. I think of some of what you're already saying is going to come up in our conversation. So the article basically says. Oversharing on social media may seem like the norm, but experts warn potential employers are not enthralled by applicants' digital trauma dumping. Mm -hmm. And this is the part that I really think guides where our conversation is going to go. It says, initially billed as a white-collar networking platform, LinkedIn has taken a different form in recent years, becoming a site for flirtatious direct messages and unapologetic oversharing by a and young- and sucking one's own dick, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I know that's crass, but sometimes the stuff I read on LinkedIn, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just like I can't sometimes with certain messages on LinkedIn where it's just people literally sucking their own dick and being like, look at me, look at me, and. I get it. Like that's how way you got to self promote in certain industries and certain businesses, but some of it just seems over the top. And I almost get just frustrated with LinkedIn, but I know that's a whole other topic, but yes, it's LinkedIn is become another place where people overshare setting you up for potential employers to see these things, which ultimately as an HR practitioner, as somebody who's been doing this for a very long time, knowing that, you know, you cannot do use a Google search to try to find somebody's background and make make decisions on a on a quote unquote unofficial background check. So I always tell people proceed with caution because you cannot make decisions based on some things that you might see online. Like if you feel like, 
oh, I, 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 up, I found a criminal record or things of that nature. So I always tell people to proceed with caution. I feel like it's one of those things where you can't unsee things. Certainly we are human beings and, and that those biases are going to come to play regardless of you telling somebody not to take it into consideration. So this is just a lot of, there's a lot of danger involved when you overshare on social media. Stranger danger for sure there, Hannah Hampton. And let me, before we go any further, uh, I did not start this episode with this, but this particular episode is rated M for mature because we have sassy Hannah Hampton today. She's, she's not a big fan of people that can suck their own dick. I mean, it's it's a talent, I guess, but uh, I don't want to see it on, on LinkedIn. <laughs> so... Back to the article. So new research urges job applicants to be more guarded with their content. Future employers are scrutinizing their profiles and even screening them for mental health concerns. I'm going to go through this pretty quickly because there's all kinds of stuff. We could stop and tear this apart line by line. Uh, According to a study published on August 15th of 2023 in the Journal of Business and Psychology, researchers found that oversharing on social media negatively impacts employers' perceptions of the applicants, emotional stability, and their consciousness. People are often encouraged to discuss their mental health struggles on social media with the goal of reducing the stigma associated with mental health challenges. Okay. Steady co-author Lori Foster, a professor of psychology at North Carolina State, uh, okay. said in a statement, um, This is a good quote. So we think that reducing stigma around mental health is extremely important, but our studies suggest that mental health posts on platforms such as LinkedIn could have unforeseen consequences for people disclosing their mental health challenges. Uh, The study focuses primarily on LinkedIn, which touts more than 930 million members. Wow. They, They surveyed 409 professionals with hiring experience who reviewed the same job candidates LinkedIn profile. Uh, for the experiment, 25% of the candidates post, uh, 25% saw a candidate's post mentioning anxiety and depression on LinkedIn, while the other 25% did not. And then another quarter of participants viewed the LinkedIn page without mental health content while also listening to an audio interview. And the final 25% saw the admitted post about mental health and heard the interview. So we've got 50% listening to the interview half of them without the post and the other ones uh, judging just on whether or not they heard yeah. the interview. So uh, there's so much here. Creates a lot of bias, unconscious or not. So I feel like there's a lot that goes on there. And let's get real. You know, I think it's great to reduce the stigma of mental health. I think that's a really important thing. And I think it's, we're moving in the right direction with regards to that because mental health is like, that is health that is, is happening. And for years and years and years, people are being gaslit. People are being told it's nothing. So, so I just want to put that on the table. Like I, I believe it's really important. However, I feel like there is still that stigma on there and some unconscious bias. So you are setting yourself up for people who don't understand it or to or have that kind of old school mindset 
to second guess uh, your capabilities, whether or not it's warranted, which I don't know, you're walking that kind of thin line. I think it's 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 a little bit challenging. So I always say post, you know, post with caution. <laughs> exactly. Now, let me go to the results of this and then we're right. going to unleash. Hannah and I did not discuss this article in advance because we did not want to persuade each other and how we would mm-hmm. discuss it here. They found that study participants who saw the LinkedIn post about mental health challenges viewed the job candidate as being less emotionally stable and less conscientious and then while listening to the candidates interview there were qualms about their emotional stability it was only slight our findings don't mean people should refrain from posting about anxiety and depression on linkedin however people who are considering posting about these issues should be aware that doing so could change future employers perceptions of them and then it will get there and then to close the fault doesn't fall solely on the candidates When hiring managers look up candidates on LinkedIn, they risk seeing information that can color their perceptions, even subconsciously. Organizations should implement guidelines for using LinkedIn during the hiring process to encourage equitable comparisons among all candidates, including those who openly discuss mental health challenges. So a lot to unpack there. You know, there's so many things we can debate on. Give me your big picture snapshot on this hand in hand. Here's the way I look at it. Like I always tell managers, you're not, you're not a doctor. You cannot diagnose anything uh, with regards to people's health, uh, mental or physical health. So I would tell people to refrain from making, you know, those types of decisions. Also, I say, you know, limit what you're looking at for LinkedIn. Take a look at their profile, their experience. I don't know if it's really helpful to go through posts and to make those decisions because, again, you're going to get some bias sneaking in there. So I always tell people to be very mindful about what they're looking at on a candidate leading up to the interview. So having those discussions, starting off the process the right way. I feel like sometimes people get discounted before they even get an opportunity. So that is my piece on that. I, I've had some uncomfortable conversations with hiring managers. I'm going to share a quick story. I had one who, a hiring manager who said, you know, I don't want to bring this person in for an interview. I looked at their Facebook page and they don't have any friends from college, which I don't even know how they determined that, but I don't understand how that would even affect somebody's work. But for him, it was a red flag if you're fa- you didn't have Facebook friends from your college. So I feel like that hiring managers sometimes have really strange conclusions and do really stupid things. So I always caution people to limit what they're seeing on the internet about candidates uh, until after they had a good opportunity to discuss with them and have, you know, go through the the right interview process. So that's my two cents. (laughs) Well, I I definitely have more, but I'm going to leave it at that for now. (laughs) Oh, that's a great start. So from the hiring manager perspective, addressing that first. So there's a couple of things. First off, as the HR manager recruiter, we're the ones that have the most well-rounded experience and vision on how to use things like looking at social media. I've always had either hiring managers when I was the in-house recruiting manager, HR manager, and then I've had clients, you know, as I've done my own thing. And it seems to me, especially in-house, that you seem to have these hiring managers that 
go through these weird stages of their new thing they found to do, like okay. going through LinkedIn. And it's always, it's never with a big picture. It's always, hey, I just learned how to look up a background check for free mm-hmm. online. So I'm going to look up their background check. Never mind the fact that their name's John Smith and they live in New Jersey. Yeah, okay. and there's a 10,000 other John Smith. So it, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Or the like you said that well I got on their page and they they're not I can't find any of their friends from college. Wow, that's really weird. That makes me want to ask more about the hiring manager and what they do in their free time and why do they have that kind of time to go in that deep into someone's social media and probably be wrong. A lot of things too as well. If you're gonna look about regular social media or you know things that were truly intended to be quote unquote social media like Facebook, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Twitter, a lot of people have a personal and a professional page or multiple pages. So who knows what you're stumbling onto? Or maybe you're somebody who went to college while working full time and you didn't have a lot of time to socialize. So you didn't meet those friends that other people who have different experiences. So to me, that's a little classist. Like I know a lot of people who worked full time throughout college. So they were busy in their full time job and studying and didn't have time to join fraternities, sororities, social things, because uh, they had to work their ass off to get that degree. So I feel like that is just a terrible, a terrible conclusion to jump to because you don't know their personal situation. Maybe they got a divorce from their college sweetheart and she got the friends. You know what I mean? There's, there's yeah, there's all... so many explanations rather than just being like, this person doesn't have friends and that's a red flag. And it's like, you don't know shit about this person. And it just pisses me off. <laughs> so we're going to go back to this part because this is really the meat of the conversation. Mm-hmm. The one thing I want to touch very quickly is to the the candidate, the LinkedIn user, your page may be looked at. LinkedIn is not for your personal sharing and growing. LinkedIn is your business-related profile. Mm-hmm. You're using it to vent your political beliefs, your personal problems, trash your ex-girlfriend, whatever it is, you're using it wrong. That's not what it's for. And people, I encourage you to tell me you disagree and send us all the hate mail you want. Send us hate mail. Send us hate (laughs) mail. The whole thing is LinkedIn is your opportunity to present your professional self. And I don't know you about you, Hannah. I'm very real in my professional life, but at the same time, there are parts of my personal life that will never come into my professional life. I would never share with people, never tag my kids if I post about them on regular social media. And again, when I say quote unquote regular social media, I mean Facebook, things that are for your social life, hence the term social media. LinkedIn is a networking site. It's your opportunity to present yourself as your professional in your field. It's not meant for you to DM the old college girlfriend or boyfriend and see if you can rekindle anything. That's, you know, it's not for you to vent it. That's not what it's for. And if you do those things, you probably are going to have some negative ramifications because that's not what this page is for. It's never going to be for it. And the second it is, I will remove myself from it because I only use it for business. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with that. I think, you know, there are social media for social and I, LinkedIn 
was created as a business tool. And I, you know, I think largely people align with that. So I feel like it's the exception rather than the rule of people who try to use it for dating or to be creepy to folks. But it is for professional uses. But sometimes I feel like I get a little frustrated because you get inundated with salespeople or you get inundated with people who are self-promoting and sometimes it's like, look, I just want to see the latest in my industry. I want to hear, I want to see latest news. I want to know what the companies I'm following are doing. Uh, you know, it's a great place to post jobs and to network for recruiting purposes. But sometimes these posts of people like tooting their own horns is a little bit much. <laughs> That's the worst part of LinkedIn as far as by its purpose is it is almost a an organic resume, right? It is kind of field specific as far as tooting your own horn. You know, when I place someone with a great company, I congratulate them yeah. on my LinkedIn. I still make it anonymous unless they want it on there. I usually just put their first name and talk about the company they joined and how excited I am for them. And so that that's my, you know, indirect way of tooting my own horn because I want other people to see oh, Mick got this person, an, another person, a great job. Maybe I should reach out to him or send him my resume. But I don't, but the post doesn't go, man, boom, Big Daddy Mick's in the house again. And I played exactly. it. Congrats, Jocelyn, on the job only I could have found for you. Now that's horseshit. That's and and I wouldn't want to talk to the person that posted that. Or so. those like really crazy stories, and I they get made fun of all the time. Where it's like I saw I was on my way to a job interview, and I saw a dog on the side of the road, and I gave the dog <laughs> some water. And when I showed up to the interview, who was my interviewer? It was the dog. It was the dog. <laughs> so it's that that stuff that's like it's a little much, and some of those I'm like. I take it with a grain of salt. Now there are some that I feel like there's great stories. There's there's wins that you certainly would want to celebrate and share on there. And then there's others other ones where it's just like, look at how smart and thoughtful I am because I was so nice to that dog on the way to the interview. And then the dog was my interviewer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I, I don't think you could have come up with a better analogy or way to share that. That's friggin' awesome. Yeah. Well, it's, not, it's not an original. I've seen people post where they're like, it was the dog that interviewed me. Of course they had it. It was probably written funnier with more detail, but I feel like it really gets to the, uh, to, you know, to the nut of the situation. <laughs> Something, and I, I'm not addressing the issues with this article in order of importance or priority, but the first thing that, you know, I guess this is what I would say is kind of the important take out of this or whatever is they talk about creating those conversations about mental health for the sake of mental health awareness. Mm -hmm. Yes. You can put, I mean, you don't have to make it about you. If people would learn that they don't have to make things about them, mm. I think half of our problems would go away and we'd all get along a little better. But, you know, if you find a great article about mental health, share it. Just say, this is a great article I read. You know, I'm always, I, I like to raise awareness or this person does a great job in this article discussing how you can get a coworker help mm -hmm. or this article shows that those that may look the happiest on the outside are really struggling. There's nothing wrong with with doing that. You know, say this is a, you aware that it's okay yes. not to be okay. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I, I fully support the fact that, yes, I feel like we need to remove the stigma of mental health issues. And the more people talk about it, the more I think normalized it becomes. But uh, again, just be my with anything that you post on the internet, be mindful of what you're sharing. You know, I think, you know, and maybe that's coming from a too cautious of a place, but it's kind of like back but when I was when I was growing up, I was told not to talk to strangers. And now we're just sharing everything with strangers. And it's just a different world. And maybe, you know, that's the Gen Xer in me who struggles with it, because I feel like current generations have no problems sharing anything and everything online. But I feel like that that just opens yourself up to a little bit of danger. So I always say, you know, be just be mindful, be careful about these things. I love because you just went to where I was going to go next anyway. Oh, wow. Because I'm looking at the paragraph in the article that says oversharing on social media may seem like the norm, but experts warn potential employers are not in, uh, enthralled by applicants' digital trauma dumping. I, I What's funny about that is I think it's hilariously sad that we have to still warn people that other people are looking at your post, yeah. you know, this is like, this reminds me of, I kid you not, back in 2000, way to age yourself, Mick, part of my recruiting process, and you've done campus recruiting, that's how you started your the recruiting portion yeah. of your career, well, I actually did it with the tech schools at first, because I used to work with the electronic techs, the ones that worked on video games and things like that, and I go to these tech schools and my little presentation before I, I pitched what I, my jobs to them was always about being aware of your resume. And back then, in, it was not don't share on social media too much because we didn't really have it no yet. Media, my space, yeah. my space was just about to break. But it was don't have an email address that says 420burner at yahoo.com, you know, because people really didn't think of it. And so right. they'd have this great resume and they'd put a completely inappropriate email address on their resume. So I taught them to have a professional. Still happens. Email address. It still happens. Yeah. But I'm, I'm like, if you have to put swinging pineapple, if that's your per personal address, create a work address is what I had to do 23 years ago is what I had to teach people. The fact that we're still in articles and I would blame that paragraph on the fact that the article came from the New York Post, but it came from this study from this organization that still has to tell people, watch what you share on social media. Yeah. And you said it simply, you know, your social media is on lockdown. Mine's on lockdown, but if I have something that is either related to our podcast or is something like a really insightful article about depression and recovery and mental illness, I just change that setting to public. But then once I think it's done its due diligence, then I eliminate it, you know, so it's not always on my timeline. And I set my social media to erase most posts after X amount of times. Oh, really? Uh, Interesting. Yes. Now I've changed the way I use my personal social media and the fact that pretty much anything I post right now is either to communicate to my family or if I'm just kind of 
putting something out there for me to look at later. This is something that was important to me in summer of 2023. Let's see if it holds up. If it's still important to me in 2027, do I still feel the same way about this? But let me tell you what I don't post. I don't post things about politics. I don't post me either. You know, about, I don't blast anyone on social media because I don't want it floating around there. I don't post on sites and boards, uh, anything that's going to be there forever, but don't use LinkedIn this way. First off, secondly, do be careful about your social media. But if you are an advocate for mental health and things like that, you don't have to say, hey, I went through a really dark time. No one needs to know that. Just remember that LinkedIn is your living resume. And mm-hmm. if you treat it that way, I think that you'll avoid these type of future mishaps. Yeah. What do you have for us, Hannah? No, I think that was a great recap. And at the end of the day, the way I look at it, like, look, you know, ultimately it is your social media. So you can do what you want to do. But like anything that you share publicly, share with caution. Because again, I mean, I think there's been times where people have shared things that have caused some some issues or caused people to be upset. Or I mean, I feel like you see you see people who will then delete their social media because they have gone so far over the edge and people come back and attack them that it it turns into a big uh, like a big ordeal. So I always just say, be mindful about what you're posting. I also tell people, like, would you share this with your grandmother? If you wouldn't, then maybe don't put it on social media. LinkedIn is professional, so try to keep it professional. And those are just some of the ways that you can stay above board. But at the end of the day, you do you, boo. (laughs) Before we close, I want to be very serious. We take this extremely seriously. For those that aren't aware, 988 is the suicide and crisis lifeline. If you ever feel like you need help and you don't have a resource or someone that you can go to, dial 988. They'll get you where you need to be or at least help you find the help that can get you out of that bad place. Because ultimately, what are we here to do, Hannah? We are here to put the human back into human resources. Have a fantastic day. 